Hello and welcome to the next in the FireEye podcast series. My name is Josh Goldfarb, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for Emerging Technologies here at FireEye. Today I'd like to today I'm speaking with Grady Summers, the Global Chief Technology Officer for FireEye. Grady, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Let's begin Let's begin by talking about today's topic, which is what does it mean to say good enough is good enough? So, Grady, when organizations say things like good enough is good is good enough, what do you think they mean by that? Well, so this is a, a topic that I hear about a lot. When I, I'm um, out in the field talking to customers, you know, honestly, it's one of the challenges that we face when we're out talking about the value of FireEye is that we're besieged by this this notion of good enough being good enough. And, you know, what we mean by that, I, I think it's probably best to think about the corollary sort of outside the security world. You know, an example we, we're all very familiar with is how the iPhone has just eaten entire classes of categories. You know, we used to all, always carry separate point-and-shoot cameras. Uh, if you want to record um, audio or video, you're recording a standalone device for that. Um, you know, you had separate GPS. And I think, you know, although the, the quality is incredibly impressive and always getting better, when, when they first came out, you know, an iPhone um, camera didn't necessarily have all the functionality, didn't necessarily have the quality of a good standalone Canon point-and-shoot. Um, there are a lot of features you can get in newer GPS devices um, that you can't necessarily get in your built-in Google Maps on the phone. Uh, but the fact is that was good enough. You didn't need to carry multiple devices because your iPhone did all those other things good enough. And we see that a lot in the security world. Uh, there's definitely a trend toward device consolidation, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, but when you're saying, hey, when I'm looking to evaluate security protection, I can either get protection in my uh, you know, firewall built in just sort of by checking a box, or I can buy FireEye separately. Well, what I hear from customers is, you know, I know FireEye's better, and most of them acknowledge. We, put, we did a head-to-head test, and FireEye was better, but I think just doing the technology that's embedded in my firewall is probably good enough. And that's the concept we're talking about here. It's, it's when you're trying to make a decision about protecting your enterprise, protecting your organization, is good enough good enough? Mm, definitely a good question. What could come of the mistake if an organization, let's say, assumed that good enough is good enough? Well, so, you know, what could go wrong? Uh, I mean, this sort of the obvious, right, is uh, when you're trying to protect uh you know, critical information, intellectual property, when your customers have placed a trust in you to protect uh, their personal data, um, just look at it at face value. Is good enough good enough? Are you doing, um, you know, are you doing your, your job to sort of trust your customers' data, your company's intellectual property to something uh, that you're deploying because it's easier? And we see again and again when we, we go up head-to-head against um, a lot of these good enough competitors, that there's just a marked difference in the quality of alert you get and the fidelity of the alert that you get. Um, so obviously, we, we believe that FireEye technology is superior and that you want to choose the best when you're making those decisions. But I think there's like a more, um, a more complex problem by, by going with a good enough solution that's often overlooked by organizations. Um, when they say, you know what, I think this competing technology is, is not as good as FireEye, but it's good enough, they're thinking about the quality of alerts. They're thinking, you know, more than likely this this good enough product will probably catch most uh, malware, most intrusions. But what they're not often thinking about is the opportunity cost of the organization when suddenly you're flooded with this, this um, you know, thousands and thousands of alerts. 
Um, that's something we've always prided ourselves on in our, our FireEye products, of course, is that uh, we provide the alerts that are most important. We provide the alerts that are worth looking at, and that lets your analysts really focus their time. When you're uh, taking a good enough product that generates thousands of alerts on a, a daily or weekly basis, uh, the organization simply can't, can't keep up with that flood of alerts. So it's not necessarily the, um, you know, if you look on an alert for alert basis, you know, it's not that, hey, you can't get um, a good alert from a kind of a second-tier product. It's are you getting so much other noise that the signal is being lost in that? Mm. Um, I think, you know, I, let me just give one real-life example of that, Josh. We were working with one of our customers who had, uh, a next-gen firewall product, and they had FireEye. They had both, and they were um, challenged by their leadership to reduce the number of, of uh, security products they were paying for. And I, I see a lot of our customers going through this. Um, so this organization did a side-by-side -side comparison, and it was really remarkable. Uh, over a two-week period, they found uh, there were about 30 alerts um, that they had gotten from FireEye, and they deemed every one of them to be a true positive. Um, but they said, you know, uh, conversely, the next-gen firewall had generated uh, over 3,000 alerts in that same period. I think it was about 3,700 alerts over that same two-week period. And when I asked them, uh, well, what was the, the false positive rate on that? You know, I was a little concerned. Maybe we missed something interesting. And they just kind of laughed and said, well, we don't know. I mean, we they, this particular organization has just a handful of people in their um, security operations center. They had no way of vetting 3,700 alerts. And I just think that's a great example that brings it into focus is, um, is it really worth going with a good enough product uh, if it's going to generate so many alerts you can't even begin to triage them? What, what efficacy, what real security value did you get? Yeah, that's a great point. And do you think pricing also plays a part in the misconception that good enough is good enough? Well, it does. Um, you know, the reason that a good enough product enters into the conversation is um, uh, naturally because it's going to be uh, priced much cheaper. And so we've got some exciting stuff coming out in the next year that we'll be announcing um, uh, about uh, about what we're doing to address that problem, the, the cost difference problem uh, in FireEye products. But even taking it, it's sort of current pricing. We look at the price of a next-gen firewall that's going to add some sort of sandboxing or some sort of next-gen threat detection versus FireEye. And I, I just always emphasize to our customers, uh, and, and, you know, and they, they understand this, that the list price you see when you're buying a product is, is just the first, um, kind of the first cost that you're paying uh, as you start to build out your security operations. In other words, the cost of the device is, is a proverbial tip of the iceberg. Um, the meat of the cost, uh, really the majority of the cost that you're going to incur as you start to triage uh, these alerts is the cost of your analysts. We all know that people costs, labor costs are generally the biggest component of any department. So um, you need to not only think about the cost of the device, but what's the cost of the labor and what's the opportunity cost uh, when one of your analysts is busy, heads down, triaging an alert, um, there was a false positive. Every time they triage a false positive, that's time wasted that they could have spent investigating something real. Um, so you really need to think about the total cost of ownership of a security solution. Look at all those prices, uh, the technology, the people, and the opportunity costs. Yeah, those are definitely great points. So what requirements should I look for in technology if I want to avoid getting into a, a good enough technology type of situation? So I think of a, a couple of things here. Um, the first is let's really address that big opportunity cost. Um, what are the what's the false positive rate you're going to get? But but not just on a percentage basis. I think about alerts on an absolute basis. Um, 
you know, sample these products, do a, a proof of value for the products, look at how many alerts they generate in a given period, and ask yourself if your organization can afford to triage all of those. And there's a trap you can fall into here saying, well, you know, we can't necessarily afford to triage all these, but, but you know, I feel confident knowing that there's something out there to alert me. Um, so certainly these devices will catch the big thing when it happens. And, um, you know, we all know from uh, here, kind of hearing real-world world stories about this, I, I think the only thing worse than missing an alert is getting an alert that your team didn't have any time to look at. That's the last thing you want is to know that there's alerts going off that you can't get to. And so I would make the argument that um, spending more money up front to get a higher value product that's going to show you the alerts you need to be focused on is of paramount importance. So that's the first one I was looking at that, that um, uh, looking at the absolute number of alerts generated, looking at the percent false positive. But then I would also add on to here looking at the threat intelligence or rather the context that you can get around those alerts. Uh, what I mean by that is a, you know, a product that fires an alert that says you've got a Trojan dot backdoor on a particular device isn't re really, it's not helping lead you toward the answer. We have to remember that uh, every time an analyst sits in front of alert, um, that's the beginning of a journey. And is the information you're getting from the product helping you speed along the, the to or toward a resolution on that journey, or is it just you know confusing the issue more? And when I look at the context we can provide in FireEye products, we're not just going to tell you you've got a backdoor on a system. We'll tell you what the name of the malware family was. We'll give you a really detailed write-up on that malware family. Uh, we'll tell you about what threat actor uh, has been using that malware family. We'll tell you the TTPs um, of that threat actor. Uh, so that you can understand what kind of data they might be looking for, what other industries they've hit. That's really going to help you get to a resolution much more quickly. It's going to help you identify, hey, is this um, a particular threat actor I need to be concerned about? Have they been hitting my industry? And if you need more help, you can pick up the phone and talk to one of our analysts, or you can bring in our consultants to help you resolve the problem. So you need to think way beyond just the alert. What other information, what other resources can you get from your security vendor to help you resolve those alerts more efficiently? Definitely great insight. Any final thoughts for us before we uh, conclude the podcast? I guess I, I would just kind of recap. Um, I'd encourage organizations, uh, when they're looking at, at competing solutions, just to avoid falling into this trap. Um, you know, the, the price you see on a quote is is not your, your total cost of ownership. Think about that total cost of ownership. Look at the false positives. Really ask your security vendors what threat intelligence and what resources they can provide to back up that piece of technology. Uh, because getting an alert is really just the start of the process, and, and there's so many more costs that organizations should be considering. Great. Well, thank you, Grady, for joining us today, and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us as well. seems like before we make a statement such as good enough is good enough, we probably should think a bit about what that actually means. So thank you. You bet. Thanks, Josh. <laughs>